The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. It's championship week. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Almanac. We got all the lines from Bovada Sportsbook, as we always do. You're listening to Sean and David G. We are absolutely ready to go, also with some fantasy football stuff as well. David, tough weekend for you. No, I know that, man. How uh, how are you doing? How are you handling the uh, the post uh, the post loss at this point? You know, Sean, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it, but. I made a commitment to the show, and uh, I'll be here. And if we have have to at all mention the Ravens and what happened to them this past week, uh, I'll just block my ears while you do it. Yeah, I mean, tough one. That game was razor thin, absolutely razor. You know it. Ravens fans know it. I mean, if you you didn't watch the game and you came in, you looked at the score, you're like, ah, yeah, Buffalo had that in hand. It was razor thin. It was one throw. One throw is, is where it was. And then, of course, you know, the, the concussion. Two star quarterbacks this weekend go out with a concussion. Absolutely insane. The last two MVPs of the league go out with a concussion this week, which is not what you want to see. Um, it's a real bummer, man, because that, I mean, I knew that game was going to be a slug match, and that that was it was everything I thought it would be, even though the score wasn't as close as, you know, as maybe we thought it would be at the end of the game. I mean, it really was like one or two different plays. And I'll say this, man, like, you know, Mahomes, his concussion aside, I actually thought the Cleveland Browns, top to bottom, kind of outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me say that, I mean, obviously, you know, Mahomes going out, you know, th- that that game was close. But if Higgins does not fumble that ball out of the end zone, um, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. And I know that's a bad break for Cleveland. Well, you can't have a worse break than Mahomes going out with concussion in the third quarter. So I think those things kind of even out. But what I am saying is that first half, if you go into halftime 16 to 10 instead of 19 to uh, three. three or whatever it is, I mean, that's a different game. And I think that rule is complete garbage. I always have thought that, but I think it's complete garbage. What do you think about that, David? The fumble out of bounds, change in possession. I had no idea how strongly people felt about that yeah. rule until after seeing it on Twitter this week. Everybody going crazy. It seems like the vast majority is in agreement with you. Mm-hmm. People do not like this rule. Just simply for the fact that the offense always gets the ball back when you fall it out of bounds, no matter what. So why different around the end zone? Yeah. I, I tend to agree with the rule just because I feel like you have to value the end zone for something, so I don't I don't have any argument against it. Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's interesting. So, like, I, I've been texting with Brad, who who hosts the Get Paid podcast with me, and um, he and I, we've been going back and forth on it since yesterday, um, and, and I'm sure we're going to argue about it when we record our episode tomorrow, but he feels the same way you do. He feels like the end zone should be a value for, you know, just ha- should have some more value. For me, I'm more of the consistency thing. It's like if you fumble the ball and it goes out of bounds on the one-inch line or the one-millimeter line, the offense keeps the ball. But if it touches the pylon, then it goes to the defense. It just To me, it just does not compute. And I would have absolutely no problem if if every ball you fumble out of bounds goes to the defense. I would have no problem if every ball you fumble goes out of bounds, goes back to the offense. I, I have no problem with that. But like, if you want to make it more special, I could see maybe, maybe you know, pull it backward and put it on like the five or something like that. I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's a reflection of what you see on the field. I mean, Cleveland in that drive was moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball. Don't you want to like 
make it a reflection of what you see on the field. Like Kansas City got one hit on an elbow, and it popped out of bounds. Get the ball just, in the end zone. Get the ball in the end zone. Then you got nothing to complain about. Well, the one thing, the one thing I will say is, I mean, the rules are the rules, right? Like when everybody made all that um, fuss, like I don't know, maybe it's like five, five years or more about Des Bryant against the Packers, and I think it was a divisional round. He caught the ball. Dove forward, dove, and you know didn't complete the catch. Cowboys fans say it's a catch, and I will say it's not a catch because the rules say it's not a catch. Does it look like a catch? Yes. Should it be a catch? Yes, but it's not a catch. It's the rules of the game. And if Kansas City, you know, the Browns fans are going crazy right now. If that was, uh, you know, Mahomes on his touchdown run fumbles the ball out of the end zone, they're not they're not crying about it, right? You know, it's just to me, it's one of those. It's a bad break thing, and so it is what it is. Both teams play with the rules in the field, so at least that's consistent. At least Al Riveron doesn't change his mind every time a fumble goes out of bounds like he does with, uh, you know, with whatever the catch rule is that given season. But uh, there you go. But, you know, Cleveland, what did uh, Bovada was plus 10 on Cleveland. Across the board, me, you, Brad, and the computers picked Cleveland. And uh, we were all right on that, although that game was a little bit in jeopardy before Mahomes went out. But, whew, man, five more, five more minutes in that game. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Cleveland would have walked out. Wouldn't that have been something? And I, I think that Cleveland, if the, if Cleveland and Buffalo played, I think that would have been a really, really interesting matchup. I think that would have been a toss-up for me. But anyway, let's get into the games this week. We're going to do a little bit of a different format because we're going to pull in some over-unders now that we're uh, we're this deep into the season. We only got two games to talk about, so let's talk a, a little bit a, a little bit about some more bets. But we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. I've already checked the weather, David. I don't know if you have, but um, Bavada has the over-under here at fifty-one. How do you feel about that over-under? you think this is going to be a higher-scoring game or lower-scoring game? Well, I think I should just preface it by saying that my playoff picks have been pretty bad this <laughs> year. So, I mean, I've come with some good good statistics, some good fantasy analysis as far as who's going to play well, who's mm-hmm. going to not play well. But if you took my advice on anything like spread-picking teams related, it hasn't gone very well. So... I would probably toss whatever I say on that front out the window or pick the opposite and just focus on the fantasy stuff for me because I'm clearly much better off staying in that lane. Um, In terms of a spread, 51, I don't know, man. I don't know. They had 48 in the first matchup, and Tampa Bay scored 38. I don't know if they're going to score 38 again. Green Bay defense is playing better. Um, but there is some risk in looking at these past matchups and just assuming it's going to yeah. repeat itself, which I kind of was part of the problem last week. Tampa Bay, we looked at the Saints, and all I was talking about how they beat up on them. The You're first right. Matches. Me too. And did, didn't just beat up on them, but handled them. Handled yeah. them. Well, 38 to 3 was the, the second matchup between the Saints and the yeah. Buccaneers. What do you know? Playoffs come around, different teams. Those two matchups, it didn't matter. Saints did not handle the Buccaneers. Drew Brees, who was flawless, basically, in the first two starts, completely crumbled. So, you know what? uh, You know what about Drew Brees? You know, everybody talks, if you're talking about the historical, you know, analysis on quarterbacks, right? Everybody is always saying, you know, Brady's the GOAT. He's got the championships. He performs well in pressure situations. We know that, right? But you look at Brees, and nobody talks about Brees. He often, often comes up short in the big moments. Often. And like you look at Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning, everybody always talks about how he like he gets the yips in the playoffs. Peyton Manning has won two Super Bowls. He went to four and ultimately he lost a lot of games to Brady and Belichick. And we hammer Peyton Manning for that. 
but Drew Brees is one of the all-time greats. We never hear a peep about Drew Brees and his playoff performance. He was awful yesterday. And credit Tampa Bay because they were ready for him. He was bad, dude. He was bad. Yeah, people were calling for Jameis Winston after that one trick oh play touchdown. Oh, come on now. Can well, you yeah. imagine that being your last game, like down two scores and to, to try and come back? They put in Jameis. It was close. I mean, I think I feel like the only reason Sean Payton kept him in was because of respect. Because he didn't want him to go out like that. Because there wasn't very much on-field performance to suggest keeping Drew Brees in the game was you know, the right move. All the buzz about Brees, and I know this is the packers Bucks segment, we'll swing it back there, but all the buzz on um, you know Drew Brees is that he's going to retire after this game and yada yada. I think after that stinker, I almost feel like he has to come back. Can you let that be your last game? And we saw that with Favre when Favre threw the interception to, I think it was the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that was the Super Bowl that, that Drew Brees won. Um, after Favre threw that interception in overtime, he's just like, I felt so bad. I had to come back. You know, I felt I couldn't go out on that note for my guys and blah, blah, blah. I think Breeze might entertain coming back. The problem is the salary cap and would he play for like 15 mil? Because that's what I think we would have to do. But it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing, man. But he often comes up short. It's okay to say that, you know, if you're going to hammer, you know, it's Peyton time for Manning. them to move on. It's just better off for I, don't, I think the Saints for them for him to retire. I especially financially. I I don't you know. I mean seriously, he's gonna have to play for like ten or fifteen million. They can't afford him otherwise. But you know, like you were saying about Tampa Bay, man. I just think they were they were ready um, for the New Orleans Saints. And, and you're right, the Saints had handled them. And I thought it in the first half, like like I felt actually pretty comfortable because both of you, you and me, last week it was Tampa Bay Bavada had at plus three. Um, in that game, and both both of us picked New Orleans, and I was feeling comfortable, very comfortable, even into the third quarter, maybe even going into the fourth quarter, but Breeze, Brian, hey, Brady outplayed him, and usually, you know, you get the press about, hey, quarterback, it's not quarterback versus quarterback, it's team versus team, and Brady outplayed Breeze, and that was, that was the difference in the game, absolutely, in my opinion. Yep. See, that's my problem with looking at this Packers game because it was the exact same situation. It was a blowout when yeah. they played the first time. It was 38 to 10. So, I mean, are we going to get that kind of repeat or are we going to get the flip-flop like we did this past week? I'm, I have no idea. I'm not even <laughs> going to pretend like I know. Like, I, I just want to look, like I said, more at the fantasy stuff. How did the players perform in the first matchup? Mm-hmm. Again, this it doesn't mean it's going to absolutely repeat, but I do think it's relevant information. And when you look at what Green Bay was able to do or not able to do in the first matchup, it kind of falls in line with what teams haven't been able to do against Tampa Bay all year, and that's run the football. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, 10 attempts for 15 yards in that first matchup week six. I mean, he got in the end zone, 10 for 15 and a touchdown, but that saved his day. He had three receptions for 26 yards, so he wasn't heavily involved as a receiver. Devontae did all right. It was his first game back from injury. Yeah, I'll right. say that. They were coming off the bye as well, but it was his first game back. He caught six for 61. I would expect him to be a little bit more heavily involved. Yeah. Rodgers, 16 of 35, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. So they completely handled Aaron Rodgers again. This team's come together since mm-hmm. then. I wouldn't expect 160 yards and two interceptions, but it's certainly cause for concern. I mean, it cer- mm-hmm. certainly worries you about the the output from Green Bay's offense. On the other side of the field, Tampa Bay, uh, the offense when they played, Ronald Jones ran 
all up and down the Green Bay defense. Yeah. 23 for 113 and two touchdowns. Gronk was their leading receiver. He had five for 78 and a touchdown. Godwin, five for 48. Mike Evans only had one catch for 10 yards. I'm not sure if he was hurt in that game. He's been hurt in multiple he games. He started pretty slow. Like, that was around the time of year where he was getting, like, two catches a game and two touchdowns for four yards. But he, it, it's it's a different offense now, for sure. Yeah. Um, Brady, though, he didn't struggle at all, 17 of 27. The yards per attempt was low, 166 yards, but two touchdowns, no picks. They took care of the ball. They didn't really seem to have any issues moving or scoring against this Green Bay defense. Yeah, so in terms of Green Bay, I've found myself to be almost a Green Bay fan uh, these days, and it goes back to when Favre, um, when Favre retired and they moved, made the move to Aaron Rodgers. And actually, on the Get Paid podcast, uh, my co-host there, Brad, is a is a Packers fan. And back then, we actually used to work um, like right next to our, our cubicles, right next to each other, and we would talk all day about it. And I was a very early adopter in Aaron Rodgers. I said, turn the page, let's move to him. He looks good, blah, blah, blah. And so like when I see Aaron Rodgers, I almost like, it's almost like confirmation bias for me. It's just like, every time I see Aaron Rodgers ball out, it's like, yeah, I was right. You know, 15 years ago, whenever it was. But, um, you know, I watched this game and I watched this game with interest and a couple things about that 38 to 10, a couple things that jumped out to me is Tampa Bay had a great game plan. They're the only team that I've seen that were able to shut down basically what Green Bay wanted to do with Devontae Adams. They crashed on him. I mean, they they played up um, at that point in Green Bay's season. And I would say Tampa Bay's had similar trajectory as Green Bay started hot those first four weeks. Then they started to not play so well. And they played Tampa Bay in that time. Now, Tampa Bay didn't start hot. And I would say they started getting better around week three. So they've had different curves. But I would say both right now are playing the best football of the season. Um, Green Bay's defense is a little better at that point in the season. Green Bay didn't really have another answer outside of Devontae Adams. Tunyon has now progressed. Lazard, although I will say Lazard and uh, Valdez-Scantling, I know Aaron Rodgers is a little high with those throws, but they both had very catchable touchdowns that that did not come back down with. They need those this game. Devontae Adams will get 10 catches. I don't know how many yards he'll get. They might be short yards. He'll have more of an impact, in my opinion, in this game. But to me, like, what concerns me for Green Bay, and I will be honest with everybody out there, I'm rooting for Green Bay this week. What concerns me about them is the middle of their field. I do think, you mentioned Ronald Jones, I think it's going to be Fournette and not Jones this week. It seems like they've made the switch over. Um, He was really good against the Saints. I think running the ball and Gronkowski and, like, these in routes or, or seam routes over the middle, that's where Green Bay is going to have a really tough time defending Tampa Bay. I will say I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a pick six and then on the next throw throw a pick that gets returned to the one-yard line. I mean, that's 14 points that Tampa Bay is probably not going to get this game. But still, Tampa Bay was pretty damn dominant defensively. So it's going to be a different game, but I almost feel a little bit like it's going to be like the repeat of last year Green Bay versus San Francisco. It's like Green Bay was handled by San Francisco. They played in this championship game. I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't see any evidence that they could hang with them. I do think they'll play better. I said that last year. I don't know. What do you? Well, let me hit you with the line here. Tampa Bay on the road against Green Bay, and the weather's about 30, as of now, is about 31 degrees and um, a good forecast for snow, maybe like a 30% chance forecast for snow. So we'll probably get there. It's the afternoon game, so it's not going to be frigid at night, much, I'm sure, to Aaron Rodgers' chagrin. But Tampa Bay is plus four, according to Bavada versus Green Bay. Who do you like? Well, first off, I want to hit on one more thing it's a little off topic but you mentioned Leonard Fournette and to me 
he's a great, great example of why you should be looking to trade in dynasty leagues after the regular season and before the end of the playoffs. Mm. Because there are players like Leonard Fournette going into the playoffs, his value was an all-time low. And I'm not even saying I necessarily want to go out and buy Leonard Fournette. But you have to look at some of these things and say, okay, Ronald Jones is hurt. Fournette's value probably was never going to be lower than it was. And there was a good chance he's going to have at least one, possibly two playoff games to to boost his stock yeah. going into next year. And now you look at where Fournette's stock is after one playoff game com- compared to where it was going into the playoffs. He was like written off like nobody cared about him. We were dismissing him in Dynasty as like a dead, dying asset. Mm-hmm. But now if you had went and bought him as a dead, dying asset, you don't even have to wait till further in the, along in the offseason you his price has is now flippable after one good playoff performance so you got to keep in mind a lot of these players who are at the bottom of their value don't if they're in the playoffs that's the time to buy them most yeah. of the time is before they have another good playoff game redeem some of that value going into next year and kind of boost their stock because now that window to, to buy leonard Fournette at like a late third or fourth round, whatever, throw-in price, it's gone. It's it's evaporated. And now sh- you have to actually pay for this guy, I think. And not, not significantly more, but more than you'll probably want to pay at this point. And he should be on a one-year, right? Because he was waived in the offseason. He'll, he'll be a free agent, yep, at the Let, end of this year. If he doesn't go back to Tampa, which I'm sure Tampa, you know, that's an interesting thing. Let me say this. Arthur Smith is the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to want to run the ball. They don't have a bell cow running back on their roster. Gurley, even if you think Gurley is at this point, he's a free agent. He's on a one-year. And I don't think so either. Fournette has always played in the Southeast. I think he would be a fantastic... He's a load, dude. Like, you can't clone Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're not going to find another Derrick Henry. But if you can find Fournette on a reg- uh, on a reasonable deal, we've seen in Jacksonville he can get 25 carries a game all season long. Now, he does get banged up every now and then, but... I think that would be a really nice signing, but I still like Kalen Balaj better. I just don't think it'll happen. Kalen yeah, Balaj in Atlanta would be amazing and, and inexpensive win-win for everybody. That would be like my dream my dream thing. Plus, I think I own him on my fantasy <laughs> roster, so that would be nice too, right? But uh, yeah, but that would be a nice one. Yeah, I think Fournette went from projected backup next year to projected committee or projected possibly mm-hmm. oh, yeah. leading leading half of a committee projected starter just in one playoff performance. And he can catch. I mean, he's a big dude, but he can catch. Like, he's he's been a three-down back. We know he can do it, so it'd be interesting. But, yeah, um, you know, let me just make my pick, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Oh, no, you know what? I interrupted you. Why don't you go ahead and, and finish your thought because we just talked about Yeah, Tam- Tampa minus four, you said? Minus four for Tampa? Plus. Plus four. Plus four. I I think I got to take the points. You know, the defense played Green Bay. They held them to 10 points last time, and I get I get it's going to be different, but I'm betting, on, I'm betting on the close games. These games have been, for the most part, close. I mean, the Baltimore-Buffalo spread in the end didn't cover it, but it was looking like it was mm-hmm. going to at one point. So I'm going to just take the points here and, and hope the defense keeps it close. You know, my computer picks like Tampa Bay. They liked Tampa Bay last week that we're – Everybody in the network picked New Orleans except for the computer picks. They picked Tampa Bay. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. And like I said, you know, I have a soft spot for Green Bay. I am rooting for Green Bay. I would love nothing more than to see an Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes matchup in the Super Bowl. It would just be phenomenal. Um, 
By the way, I think uh, Brady and Breeze combined for 1,152 touchdown passes in their careers. Um, it's not going to be over 1,000 in this matchup with Brady versus Rodgers, but I've always been looking for the Brady versus Rodgers Super Bowl. Well, now that we get them in the same conference championship game, next best thing. But uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, I just think Tampa Bay matches up so well. They run the ball well. Brady can work the middle of the field. I think Gronk is going to have like two touchdowns in this game. I think it's going to be a closer game. I don't think it's going to be the, the crap fest um, that we saw, but Tampa Bay is going to have a nice game plan. And I know Green Bay will adjust. I just don't see it happening. So my heart is heavy, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win win outright in the upset. And so I'm definitely taking the points there. Uh, if Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl in his first season with Tampa Bay, the the Joe Montana over Tom Brady pundits are going to have nothing left to hang on. Because yeah. that'll do it. That will cement his legacy. Undeniable, undebatable as the greatest all time right now it's basically 99 percent. he's yeah. the greatest but you got that one percenter still kind of montana was undefeated you know yeah. if he wins his first year with tampa bay yeah that's it well you don't it's have old. you certainly don't have an argument i mean i don't i don't um have any argument against it and uh, montana went to an afc championship game i don't know if it was his first season or not he went to the afc championship game with the kansas city chiefs I just don't know if it was first or second season. So I, I was thinking about that this weekend because, like, we have Kansas City in the championship game, but then Brady switches teams and immediately goes to the championship. And then, like, the parallels there, you know, Brady obviously playing for a brilliant defensive mind, uh, Montana playing for the brilliant offensive mind, and Bill Walsh um, take the Seifert years out of it. It's just, it, it, it is very interesting there, but I completely agree with you. The Bavada at Odds Podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Let's switch it over. We got the, um, the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, look. We, we we both know this game kind of hinges on whether or not Mahomes is going to be back. I tend to think he'll be back um, just because he, like Andy Reid has already said, he's kind of passed all the, well, his I think his quote was something like, he passed all the dealies he has to pass. Or Andy Reid had some weird nine about it. But basically he was saying Mahomes did great. Let me say this. <clears throat> I have a theory out there, and I'm going to be the one person in the world that says this. Is it is it crazy to think that Mahomes got choked out on that play as opposed to concussed. <sighs> Look at the play. Look You're at the it. first one I've heard. I know, song. and yeah, I'm going to be the only one. Crazy to me. Look you're at crazy the play. Crazy to me, that's for sure. Look at the play in slow mo. The dude had him in a headlock, absolutely a headlock for a long time. Then he, his head went down. I really think when I saw it, I was just like, because I, I saw the head hit, and I'm just like, that doesn't look like a concussion. That looks like the kind of um, concussion where if, you, if you're if you a 10-year vet and you've had like five concussions and it just takes like a little flick to the head, it just didn't look like a concussion hit. And I'm just thinking like, did he get choked out on that play? Because you would react the same way if you got choked out. Look, I, I don't know. I'm just, what I'm saying is like, it just doesn't, it, to me when I saw it, I'm just like, First of all, it wouldn't have shocked me if he came back in the game, but also, you know, obviously you got to be conservative and keep him out. I just don't think there's any way he doesn't pass protocol. And Andy Reid's already saying, like, hey, he's already passed all the tests. To me, it lines up. I think he got choked out. 
I think he got choked out. I'm gonna, I know I'm the one person to say that. David, just do me a favor. Go back and watch the slow-mo. If you can find the close-up of him, I think he got choked out. I think they cut the blood off, man. I've been choked you know, out before. Sean, I think you're crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so does everybody else. Well, look, let, let's just say this. Over, let's assume a Mahomes plays because I have no doubt in my mind he's going to pass protocol by, like, Tuesday. I think he's going to be back. But let's just let's assume he plays because if he doesn't, I think both of you and I would agree that that Josh Allen's gonna gonna beat Chad Henney, you know, with respect to what he did in the last. Uh, you know, oh Sean, I'll cut in right there because I'm not so sold on the fact that Kansas City is just automatically gonna lose this game if they don't have Patrick Mahomes. All right, first of all, they lost Patrick Mahomes last year during the regular season, right? They had Matt Moore instead of Chad Henney. Yeah. They went two and one with Matt Moore. They beat Denver thirty to six. They lost to Green Bay thirty one twenty four. And Green Bay yeah. was a good team last year yeah. too. They only lost thirty one to twenty four. And then they beat Minnesota twenty six to twenty three. This was with Matt Moore starting, and the playoffs is a completely different Andy Reid. I mean, he mm-hmm. is stepping up and is a coach in the playoffs, and I just trust that they will put. Chad Henney in a good position to make plays. They will call those little rollouts to Tyreek Hill and just get get the ball out of his hands into the playmakers. Mm-hmm. I think if there is no Mahomes, we're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey, a lot of Tyreek Hill schemed the ball mm-hmm. like we did in those three games last year. In those three games last year without Mahomes, Kelsey went 6 for 44, 4 for 63 in a touchdown, and 7 for 62. So he hit double-digit fantasy points all three games without Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, 3 for 74 in a touch, 6 for 76, and then 6 for 140 in a touch. This was with Matt Moore as his quarterback. So I don't think it Kansas City is going to just fail to score points against Buffalo defense just because Mahomes is out of the game. I think they'll be able to put up 14 to 21, maybe 24 points. They hit 30, uh, 30 and 31 against – or excuse me – uh, 30, 24, and 26 in those three games last year. So they were scoring at least 24 with a backup quarterback. And then you look at this year. They played Buffalo this year. Mm. They they played them, I believe it was uh, maybe week six. It was early in the season. They held Buffalo to 17 points. Mm. It was Josh Allen's second worst game of the season. The only game Josh Allen had worse was against New England like two weeks later. And we know New England is notorious for for shutting down in, mm-hmm. in division quarterbacks. Other than New England, it was Kansas City. They're the only ones who shut down Josh Allen this year. That first matchup, Josh Allen was 14 of 27, 122 pass yards. They held Josh Allen to 122 pass yards earlier this year. Two touchdowns, one interception. Stephon Diggs only 6 for 46 in a touchdown. Cole Beasley 4 for 45 in a touchdown. They didn't have another receiver over one reception over 13 yards. It was 6-4-1-1-1-1-1. That's it. So they shut down this Buffalo offense. If Chad Henney and the offense can put together 21 points, I'm not so sure Buffalo's offense is not going to get shut down. I do think that if Kansas City um, has to start Henny, I do think that they actually go over 21 points. I feel comfortable about that. With respect to how well Buffalo's defense is playing now, um, you know, I've been saying all year, Buffalo, the strength of the defense is up the sidelines, which is a big deal. Um, Kansas City, I, and here's a question. Kansas City, they might get Edwards E. back. 
You know, he had the high ankle sprain weeks ago. This is the first realistic game where he could be back. I tend to think he'll be back at least full strength in the Super Bowl, but I could see him suiting up. Um, and I thought Williams actually played pretty well um, yesterday uh, when they committed to the run. It's going to be interesting. Uh, let me hit oh, you with the- wait, While we're talking about that, before we move on, mm-hmm. you want to talk about CEH? You want to know what he did that that first matchup they played against Buffalo? Mm-hmm. 26 attempts for 161 rushing yards. I think that's how you got to attack Buffalo, running. I think that's so, how you got to do it. This Don't just assume Buffalo's winning this game if Mahomes is out. It, it's going to be a game, I, I do. believe, regardless. <laughs> I, do, I do, but I respect I respect the knowledge and I respect the opinion. I just think here, and the reason why is because I think I think just Josh Allen, I'm really impressed by what he's been doing in the playoffs, um, how well he's been playing. Um, Baltimore think, held them to 17 points. And they they couldn't we couldn't do anything. Baltimore's defense is playing a lot better than Kansas City's defense. And seven of those seven of those points were scored by the Buffalo defense. You're right. They held Buffalo to ten points. I think you're just bitter, man. You're bitter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. I told you I don't want to be here. I'm only <laughs> on here because I have to be here. I'll, I'm gonna talk some shit about the Bills. All right. I don't like this team very much after last week. Let me hit you with the over under here real quick. Bavada has the over under on this game at fifty four. 54. So both teams have to average 27. I like the over with Mahomes. I like the under with Henny. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if you're going to make an early week bet, I, I tend to bet the under here and wait and see. I'll hit you with the line in a bit. Um, look, you know, in terms of fantasy, I think we know what to do here. I do think if Edwards Hilaire is suited up, you could be tempted into starting him. But those high ankle sprains, I really think he's going to be more full strength. I would stay away from him. I do think Kansas City will run, but I, regardless of Edwards Hilaire, unless you hear that he's looking like absolutely fantastic in practice or something like that, which you're probably going to hear anyway, you know, I think this is going to be committee, <clears throat> so I would stay away. But I agree with you. Like, Buffalo, up the sideline, look, I don't think we're going to see Tariq Hill going up the sideline running a bunch of flies. But if you watch the game, you heard, I think it was Collinsworth saying, you know, they basically run, or maybe it was Nance, uh, Nance and Rome. I can't remember who was doing the game. But they say that uh, you're basically running a fly, but you're running it diagonally. Hill will just run a sprint across the field. And that's where K- Kansas City is going to make their hay, over, you know, against Buffalo, is running these deep um, crosses and then Kelsey. It's Kelsey, it's the running backs, and it's these like deep ends, crosses, all that stuff. And we'll see if we get Watkins back. I don't know. I know he was just questionable with the calf last week. I don't know if he'll be back this week. I don't like Hardman, and I don't like, you know, these other receivers. So, you know, we're, we're it's tactically It'll be interesting, interesting. Yeah. because the first matchup, Tyreek Hill was held in check. He only had three receptions for 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many plays Trey White was on him, how many of those three receptions right. for 20 yards came against Trey White. But it's possible they're going to line Trey White up again. I do think he's absolutely going to outperform three for 20. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the Travis Kelsey show in the first matchup. He had five for 65 yeah. and two touchdowns. So... I mean, I would expect Kelsey to have a better game than Tyreek Hill if I was betting on it. You know, I look at Buffalo and Green Bay, and I almost think um, – I know I'm referring to the other game here, but Buffalo Buffalo and Green Bay, I feel like the way you attack this defense with success, th- those defenses, is run and seam routes. And, yeah, you got to take the occasional deep shot just to keep safeties honest and all that stuff. <clears throat> and Tyreek Hill, they're going to take deep shots to him somehow, some way. But, um, you know, those are the way you do it. I think they're very similar. And Kansas City, even without Mahomes, and I do agree, they do have the personnel offensively that they can do that. I think Henny will probably turn the ball over too much in this game. Um, 
it, it, it's going to be it's going to be massively interesting. I really hope we get Mahomes versus Allen, and I think it's going to be a really good game because I think Buffalo is playing. Their product they're putting on the field outside of last week when Baltimore's defense, I thought, really gave them a lot of problems. Their their product is doing really well, and Kansas City's defense has just concerned me all season long. Even with Mahomes, it, this game is a concern to me. So let me just do this. Um, you know, Buffalo, at this point, I would say Gabriel Davis. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, or, or I disagree with me, if, if you will, I should say. But Gabriel Davis is definitely the second wide receiver in my book. Um, well, I guess it would be for consistency, it would be Beasley. But what I'm saying is, is Davis on the outside is more— um, They're is, flip-flopping it. It was, da- it was Gabriel Davis the first round, and then he didn't catch a pass this last game against Baltimore, and John Brown had eight receptions. So <laughs> it's— <sighs> It's like all or nothing with those two, unfortunately. If you pick the right one, you get it all. If you pick the wrong one, you get nothing. <laughs> so if you want safety, you pick Cole Beasley. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I completely agree with that. Uh, running back, look, I don't like Singletary in this game. Um, it's Josh Allen, man. Josh Allen's going to be the one running the ball, and he's going to be the difference maker, and I think he will get rushing yards. Do you Do you have those stats up? Do you know what he did running the ball against Kansas City? They were not able to establish. They were not able to establish anything. They held Allen to 122 passing yards in that game, and Josh Allen was also the leading rusher. He did all right rushing, eight for 42, 5.3 per carry. Singles had 10 for 32, mm. and Zach Moss had five for 10. Yeah. So they completely shut the running back run game down. Josh Allen was able to make a little bit happen. That was really it. Yeah, and Buffalo. We were talking about ebbs and flows of Tampa Bay and Green Bay uh, last, you know, last segment. And I would say Buffalo got Kansas City um, right around probably their their little lull where they weren't playing so well. And I remember that had some weather to it. I can't remember if that was a missed game, like the weather wasn't great. But, you know, this is, this is what are we in, January at this point, late January. You're not going to get great weather anywhere. Um, we'll see if it's clear. They do have the night, uh, the night game, which is going to be interesting. Let me hit you at the line here. Buffalo on the road. Let's assume Mahomes is playing. But either way, Buffalo on the road. Bavada has it plus three who do you got i'm definitely taking kansas city if if mahomes plays and honestly i'm tempted to take kansas city if if chad henny plays i mean if mahomes is ruled out what do you think that spread's gonna end up looking like what do you think it's gonna swing the other way to buffalo being favored yeah i mean i I would i'm definitely taking kansas city in the points then if that's the case with chad henny yeah, I think that um, Kansas City, I, I'm assuming that the books right now, and it's it's because the books, I, I can't even tell what they're doing. This whole season, I've been able to get a beat on what the hell they're doing. Um, you know, I'm assuming Mahomes probably comes with the with a seven-point advantage, so it could swing back to Buffalo favored by three um, if it's come out, if it comes out. That, but they also might have already, you know, graded for some of that certainty. I think probably worst case, if Mahomes is graded out, and we, we won't hear that he's ruled out probably until Saturday. I would see Buffalo probably even odds at Kansas City. I think would be the worst line we would see um, in terms of Kansas City. So I don't think Kansas City would get points. But if I was the book, I would swing it to Buffalo minus three. Honestly, if um, even minus three and a half, possibly more than a field goal. If it's if it's uh, Allen versus Henny, even on the road there. So, but we'll see where that happens. I, I agree. I mean, I kind of think that what I would do. I actually like the under a little bit in this game. Um, and maybe like, yeah, wait. I, I said the over, but I, you know, I'm looking at the score from last time here. They held Buffalo 17. Mahomes not going to have 
practice. I mean, you don't hold too much against Mahomes right. not being able to practice, but I mean, especially especially with the backup, you go with the under. But yeah, I'm tempted to go with the under either way, especially if we can predict them holding Buffalo under 20. They've kind of played down to their opponents. We yeah. talked about that this year. They've kept the games close for the most part. <sighs> I, I wouldn't touch the over or the under. I don't. I, I'm not comfortable with either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Let me say this. Um, my computer picks like Buffalo, and like Buffalo a pretty decent amount in this game, and that assumes Mahomes is playing, by the way. Um, and the computer picks are pretty good. Last week, let me look last week to see if it got any of them wrong. Got Green Bay correct. Picked Baltimore last week. Sorry, David. Uh, picked Cleveland. Picked Tampa Bay. So my computer picks are 3-1 and one last week. If I go back to the week before... Um, it missed Seattle. Um, how much did Baltimore beat Tennessee by that that first week? I can't remember what the it final was. Twenty score. to thirteen. Twenty to thirteen. So it was. Oh, it was just three and three the first week. So went that bad. Went that good the first week. Second week it was pretty good. This week, you know, Bavada plus three. We're gonna see where that line switches. Gosh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of scared to bet on it. I I but I am <laughs> I am comfortable betting Buffalo if Mahomes is ruled out. I tend to say Kansas City, so I'm going to pick Kansas City because I really do I really do believe Mahomes was choked out and he was just he was just a little wobbly because he got choked out and he's all fine now. I think he's going to be cleared tomorrow. Cleared to con- concussion protocol tomorrow. I hope you're right. I hope your crazy conspiracy theory is is <laughs> on point. Go back and watch that highlight. I'm telling you, slow mo the close up slow mo highlight. I did watch it. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll try to. I'll try to go on Game Pass and take a uh, the super take a slow the alternative coaches angle from the booth. Yeah, the conspiracy angle, the conspiracy angle. I know Buffalo fans hope I'm wrong, and that uh, and they should. They they should be hoping that uh, they're playing Henny. But I think every football fan wants to see Mahomes versus Allen. Um, what a game that is! I'm loving these games, man. This is a good. This is a good ge- weekend of games. Both great, great matches, matches too. Yeah. Great quarterback matchups. This is what you want to see. You want to see two great quarterbacks head-to-head, you know, fighting for that Super Bowl berth. And either way, we're getting a great Super Bowl matchup with quarterbacks, too. So Any that's of them. Great as well. Any matchup. Tampa Bay-Buffalo, Green Bay-Buffalo, Kansas City-Tampa Bay, Kansas City-Green Bay. Any matchup would be great. My preference would be Mahomes versus Rodgers. Um, I've seen Mahomes versus Brady a couple times. I kind of want to see Mahomes. I want to see Mahomes-Brady. I want to see Mahomes-Brady in the It'd Super be interesting Bowl. to see those two clash in the Super Bowl um, and the rematch. Uh, because- Just because I want to see Tom Brady lose. I want to see Tom Brady lose. Yeah, and Tampa Bay, in my opinion, outplayed Kansas City the last three quarters of that uh, of their original matchup. But Kansas City just completely undressed them the uh, the first quarter when Tariq Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter. It's going to be, uh, but you know, Kansas City is going to be ready too. Sammy Watkins could be the hero in that game if they double cover Tariq Hill and in that theoretical matchup. If they cover, Tariq that would Hill. be a very Sammy Watkins like performance. Just go three off touchdowns, the Super Bowl, 300 yards, build the hype back up again, just so he can. Lay an egg again in 2021. <laughs> yeah, if you have Sammy Watkins in your dynasty <laughs> roster, trade him after the Super Bowl. If they... But people know nobody will trade from even if he <laughs> scores four touchdowns in the Super Bowl. People yeah, know just, 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 there's his four touchdowns. It's, he's met his quota for uh, 2021 already. All right, I think on that note we can end the show. Dave, you got anything else for the audience before we go? Nope. Um, just I goddamn Buffalo. Go Ravens. <laughs> Next year will be our year. We're coming back with a vengeance. 
Lamar, he won a playoff game. We're taking steps. We'll get him a wide receiver. We'll get Greg Roman out of there. Please, Lord, get him off the team. I'm sick of his cuteness. Sean agrees. We don't like cuteness here. We don't like cuteness. Greg Roman, way too cute. He's got to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's And it, by the way, I will say this because, uh, you know, David obviously is still hurt from uh, from that loss. Let me say this. Congratulations to the city of Buffalo for having their first AFC championship in 20-something years. Fine. Um, Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Buffalo. Congratulations. David will be over it in two weeks. Don't worry when we talk about it. Next week, we get, we, get all the, we get all the fun prop bets next week. That's basically all we'll be talking about because um, we have two weeks of the same matchup on this show. So I don't know if we'll do prop bets next week. We'll probably just do a little bit of both. That's what I did last year on these things, so. A lot, lot to talk about. But anyway, hey, everybody, have a great week. Um, if you're a fan of one of these teams, best of luck. Uh, David wouldn't wish Buffalo Bills fans good luck, but <laughs> I'll wish everybody good luck. And, uh, yeah, have a great week, and we'll be back next week talking about the Super Bowl matchup and in uh, the week before as well what happened in the, uh, the championship games. Talk to you then. <laughs>